0: From Illinois Public Media News, this is 217 Today. I'm Kimberly Schofield, it's Wednesday, December 13th. Coming up, a decades-long moratorium on nuclear energy in Illinois will soon be lifted. A new law will allow for a type of nuclear technology that proponents say is safer. That story in just a few minutes, but first, these headlines. The Illinois State Attorney General's office entered into an agreement to stop enforcement of the law that cracked down on so-called crisis pregnancy centers. Mawa Iqbal has more. It's a rare win for the anti-abortion movement in Illinois. The conservative
1: Thomas More Society filed a challenge against the state in federal court, arguing the law violates the center's right to free speech. Attorney Peter Breen says the law targeted centers for being anti-abortion. The issue of abortion is certainly one of significant contention, but there's a way to work through that public dispute, and it's not silencing your opponents. These centers are often Christian-based clinics that don't offer nor refer for abortions. Critics say they use deceptive
0: practices. I'm Maui Iqbal. Illinois lawmakers are still hashing out permanent rules that will govern the state's assault weapons ban, which goes into effect on January 1st. Those keeping their weapons need to register them with state police by the first of the year. So far, about 6,000 people have registered some 20,000 guns and accessories. But Republican lawmakers want to know what happens with that information if the law is found unconstitutional. Suzanne Bond, the state police's acting chief legal counsel, says that's not up to them. We would hope that
1: in deciding this litigation, the courts would um, direct the state police on what to do with that data.
0: The temporary rules governing the assault weapons ban will remain in effect until February 11th unless lawmakers enact permanent rules before then. Tis the season for online shopping and scams. The pressure of finding that perfect gift can make consumers susceptible to online fraud. Tom Johnson is with the Better Business Bureau of Chicago. He says cyber scammers use lookalike websites, bogus shipping notices, and fake social media gift exchanges to defraud holiday shoppers out of millions of dollars each year. This is a topic that hits all age groups. So we really urge you over the holiday times,
1: talk to your family, friends, and if people know about this, a red light can
0: uh, flash in their heads when they see these type of opportunities and really try to help avoid them. Johnson says if you think you've been scammed, report it to the Illinois Attorney General's Office or the Better Business Bureau. A new group for artists who identify as people of color is holding its first meeting tonight. IPM's Owen Henderson has more. Organizers say the group is meant to help non-white artists connect, both to network and to find support. Carolyn Randolph-Cato
1: is one of the hosts. She says their focus isn't on keeping anyone out, but creating intentionally inclusive spaces.
0: When you think about institutions that are trying to address harm and to create equity, sometimes the most radical form of inclusion is creating space for others that has nothing to do with you.
1: She says that moving forward, the group will be a place where members can find and share resources. I'm Owen Henderson, IPM News.
0: Today's meeting is at 6 p.m. at the Gallery Art Bar in Urbana. Still to come, a decades-long moratorium on nuclear energy in Illinois will soon be lifted. A new law will allow for a type of nuclear technology that proponents say is safer. That story is coming up next on 217 Today. Next time on The 21st Show, we're talking about the toy industry. It's not what it used to be, but it survived in no small part because of grown-ups spending on toys for themselves. We'll talk about that with someone reviving an old toy maker based in Rockford. I'm Brian Mackey. That's next time on The 21st Show. Join us. This is 217 Today, I'm Kimberly Schofield. Illinois generates more nuclear energy than any other state in the U.S. More than half of all the energy we use comes from nuclear sources. That's despite a moratorium that has been in place since 1987 that prevents the state from building new nuclear reactors. A new bill that will lift the moratorium in 2024 was signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker on Friday. The measure will allow Illinois to invest in building certain types of nuclear reactors. To learn more, I'm joined by Illinois Student Newsroom's Alyssa Eaton. Alyssa, thanks for joining us. Can you explain some of the pros and cons to nuclear energy? How does it compare to other energy sources?
1: For sure.
0: The most common sources
1: of energy in the U.S. include ones that are based on fossil fuels like petroleum, natural gas, and coal. And then there's renewable energy sources like wind and solar. And then we've got nuclear energy, which is energy harvested from the splitting of atoms in nuclear reactors. All of those energy sources, except for nuclear and renewable, release significant amounts of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. And that contributes to climate change. So this raises the question, if we want more clean energy and a slow climate change, which energy sources should we be investing in? Those who oppose nuclear energy say Illinois should invest into renewable energies such as wind and solar, because they don't produce any radioactive waste and they're less expensive. I talked to Jack Darren, He's the director of the Illinois chapter of the Sierra Club, an environmental advocacy group. Here's what he had to say. We're concerned that if we start opening the door to... Extremely expensive forms of energy like nuclear that we might stray off the path to 100% renewable energy. Proponents for nuclear energy argue that realistically, if we want a zero carbon future, nuclear energy is the best option. I talked to David Ruzik, he's the nuclear plasma and radiological engineering professor at the University of Illinois. He says that new technology makes nuclear energy really safe and reduces the most dangerous forms of waste problem with solar and wind, it's intermittent, all right? Unless you say, well, I just won't use any electricity at night or when the wind stops, right? I mean, you have to have a concentrated form of energy. If you want to do one that's extremely safe and doesn't cause pollution, then you should use nuclear.
0: Alyssa, the new Illinois law will allow for the development of small modular nuclear reactors, or micro-reactors. What's special about these?
1: So there are four different generations of nuclear reactors. Let me start with the oldest forms. Generation 1 reactors were built in the 1950s and 60s. They have fewer safety precautions compared to modern reactors in terms of their containment of radioactive materials. Generation 2 reactors are the most common models in the US. Professor Ruzik says they are very safe to the public because they have containment buildings to trap any radioactive steam or gas in the event of a malfunction. However, if something does go wrong, it's a huge financial liability. Now Generation 3 reactors, these are the newest ones, and right now Georgia is the only state in the U.S. that has them. There are a lot of them overseas, in places like China and Russia as well. These reactors are designed with far more safety measures to prevent them from destroying themselves. So now, for these small modular reactors, the ones that will be allowed under this new law, these are Generation four reactors, which are still being developed and tested. Here's how Professor Ruzik described the benefits.
0: They burn up
1: their own nuclear waste. They actually use that as fuel. So they have much, much less of those long-lived wastes, which is a big advantage. There's another thing about them is that they actually have a safety system that's just on the laws of physics. Turns out if it gets too warm, it shuts itself off. Another huge benefit to these small modular reactors is that the parts can be produced in a factory rather than built on the site. Ruzik says that this will make them much cheaper and easier to build in the long run.
0: When can we expect to see some of these Generation 4 micro-reactors in Illinois?
1: I think that depends on a lot of things. The biggest barrier is financial. Since the technology is so new, the microreactors are going to be very expensive to build initially. It will also take some time to develop the safety measures and guidelines. Once all of that gets sorted out, Professor Ruzik says that we could start seeing microreactors around the state within the next 5 to 10 years. They'll be close by, too. U of I has applied for a license to build a new Generation 4 research reactor on the Urbana
0: campus. Alyssa Eaton is a reporter with Illinois Student Newsroom. Thanks, Alyssa, for your reporting. Thanks for having me. From IPM News, I'm Kimberly Schofield. For more information, visit IPMNewsroom.org. And finally in your forecast, meteorologist Andrew Pritchard says today will be partly cloudy with a high of 44 degrees. That's it for today. 217 Today is produced by Stephanie Mosqueda. Reporting today, contributed by Mawa Iqbal, Alex Degman, Owen Henderson, and Alyssa Eaton. Music by the Kilbourne Alley Blues Band. Reginald Hardwick is our news director. I'm Kimberly Schofield. 217 Today is a production of Illinois Public Media. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.